Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. And a good Tuesday morning to all of you. This is Father Manny. I am recording this during Memorial Day weekend. Jorge is not here because he is on a brief vacation and a much-deserved vacation with his family. So I'll be flying solo for the first segment, and hopefully George uh, joins me for the second segment uh, and to talk sports. But right now, we want to delve deep into the mystery of the Holy Trinity and delve deep into the readings of this past weekend. And... You know, a lot of preachers, a lot of priests, we, I have to confess that we sometimes stress a little too much about this homily up for this weekend because we're thinking, okay, we have to explain the Holy Trinity, we have to explain this great mystery of our faith. And we stress about it. And I was praying about that this, you know, this morning and praying about it and thinking, why do we stress about it so much when every day we are called to live in the Trinity, we sign ourselves every time we pray. We're going to get into that a little bit later. We make the sign of the cross. We do all these things. So we're living the life of the Trinity here on earth. Why do we stress so much explaining it? I'm talking about priests. But the readings we had on Sunday were so beautiful. And it starts off in the book of Deuteronomy. And to paint a picture, Moses is basically talking to the people. And he says this, Ask now the days of old. Before your time, ever since God created man upon the earth, ask from one end of the sky to the other, did anything so great ever happen before? Was it ever heard of? Did a people ever hear the voice of God speaking from the midst of fire as you did and live? Or did any God venture to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation? So Moses is basically saying, Look at how unique our God is. Compared to all the gods that were present in the ancient world, look at how special, how unique our God is. That He has chosen us as His people. That He spoke to us from the fire. He spoke to us at Mount Sinai. And now later on, when the fullness of time comes and Jesus Christ reveals to us the true face of God, Pope Francis says this constantly. He reveals to us the merciful face of our Father in heaven. But he doesn't stop there. We celebrated it last week. He sends us the Holy Spirit, which is the love that the Father and the Son share. And so Jesus reveals to us now a very unique God, a triune God, a God who is Father, Son, and Spirit. Because in Sunday's Gospel, we heard, go therefore into all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He's giving the disciples the great commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Now last week in the second reading we heard St. Paul tell the Corinthians, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now St. Paul makes mention of the Holy Spirit again in this past Sunday's second reading. He says, to the Romans in chapter 8 and 
Folks, if you ever ask me, Father, what's your favorite, you know, chapter or part of St. Paul's letters, I would tell you it's Romans 8. It's not Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. I hear that every weekend at weddings. It's not, you know, the other, and, and listen, Paul has some great chapters. But this chapter of, this eighth chapter of the letter of the Romans, I invite you, open it up this week, take a look at it, read it. It's all about the Spirit. It really is, and it ends with that great, that great declaration that what, who can separate us from the love of God? Neither death nor life, no angels and principalities can ever, and I'm paraphrasing here, can ever separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. What a great testament of faith. What a great, great witness. But earlier on in that chapter, in chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, Paul starts off by saying, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And here's the key. And this is so important for us. Last week we talked about brokenness. Last week we talked about, you know, needing the Spirit to console us. So St. Paul tells us now in chapter 8 of Romans, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you you received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. St. Paul puts an exclamation point. Thereafter, Father, because the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with Him, so we may also be glorified with Him. Now, all right, let's break that down because there's so much. And just in those three verses, I invited you to meditate upon the whole chapter, but really, those three verses, I wish I would have gone deeper into it. In, in, in Sunday's homily. and But that's what this podcast is for. These three verses, so much depth here. First thing, we did not receive a spirit of slavery. We do not have a God who lords over us. We are his slaves. We just simply serve him. Jesus says it in the Gospel of St. John. I no longer call you slave. I call you friends. And so, Archbishop Wensky says this all the time. The translation of saint in Creole for the Haitians is a friend of God. Because they're there in the presence of God. Forget the Creole word. I've heard him say it a million times, but I forget it right now. So we didn't receive that spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. No. We have received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. Remember, this is what got Jesus into trouble with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and and the powers that be, the religious powers that be of his time, because he addressed God in such a familiar way, the same way we address our fathers. Daddy, Papa, Abba. You know, they're hearing this. And and in some religions, they, they still hear us and they say, how could you address God that way? Because he put the Spirit, his Spirit in our hearts to be able to cry out to him that way. It's not us. It's him. It's him. He sent his Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we may be able to cry out to him, Abba, he wants us to call him Daddy. He wants us to call him Papa. He wants us to call him Father. We say it, I say it right before the Our Father at Mass, at the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, again, we are saying from the human aspect, we dare to say, Father. But this is divine teaching. 
He wants us to call him father. That beautiful son, he's a good, good father. It's who he is. It's who you are. Beautiful son. Now, he wants us to call him father. He wants us to call him Abba. And the Spirit himself bears witness through our spirit that we are children of God. Again, we're not servants. We're not peasants. We are his children. If we are his children, he will take care of us because what father will not take care of his children? And if children, not only are we his children, if not children, and not just children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If only we suffer with him so we may be glorified with him. And here's the beauty of it. Joint heirs with Christ. Everything that Christ received when he ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, the Father wants to give us. He wants to give us that glory. He gives it to Mary when she's assumed into heaven. She's going to give it to us. He's going to give it to us. He's going to give it to us because He loves us. He has placed that Spirit within us so that we may, be, we may always aspire to the things of heaven and acknowledge that, number one, we're no longer slaves. Number two, we are His children. And number three, we are joint heirs with Christ. That's, oh my goodness, that's the key. Not only heirs, joint heirs with Christ. In other words, if this is Christ's inheritance, the kingdom of heaven, majesty, all the glory, all that divinity, it's ours as well. He wants us to share in his divinity. And that's the great mystery that we celebrated on Sunday, on the Solemnity of the Holy Trinity. There is an action that we do during the liturgy, and the liturgy folks always pay attention during the liturgy because the liturgy is a great catechesis of our faith. It is a great catechist. During the offertory, presentation of the gifts, whatever you, got, you want to call it, it really is presentation of the gifts. When the collection is being t- taken up, you'll see the priest or the deacon, you know, you know, the altar service will bring up the bread and they'll bring the wine and the water. When the, the priest or the deacon is preparing the chalice, they pour the wine in and then they take the cruet of water and just a single little drop will drop into the wine. And we say inaudibly, by the mystery of this water and wine, when we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Let me repeat that. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. And here's here's the, the analogy that I made on Sunday. We have to think of the Trinity. And Pope Francis said this on Sunday. He goes, sometimes we don't understand the Trinity, but even if we don't understand it, we have to live the life of the Trinity. And here's how we live it. Think of us as that little drop of water going into the wine, into that chalice filled with wine that will become for us the blood of Christ. Think of us as that drop of water. Many of you during this past long weekend probably dove into a pool or dove into the ocean. If you dove into the ocean, God bless you. you know, and you, know, you experience that, the, the wonderful effect of being, you know, if, you, if, you're, if it's hot out and was hot out this weekend, you know, to go, dive into a pool, you just experience that sense of refreshment. 
And if you dive into the ocean, I know it happens to me, you feel that sense of embrace of the majesty and the splendor and the awesomeness of the ocean embracing you. Same thing with our God. Same thing with His divinity. So that drop of water diving into the chalice, into that wine, is all of us diving into the immensity of the divinity of our God, of our triune God, who is Father, Son, and Spirit, who wants to invite us to participate in His divinity. Let me say that prayer again. By the mystery of this water and wine, we come, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled Himself to share in our humanity. So it's our humanity being embraced, being sanctified, being redeemed, being made whole by the divinity of our God. So that's such a beautiful analogy. Now, not only that, went back on Saturday night, I, was, I found a quote from Pope Benedict from 2010 when he was talking about the Trinity on, during his Angelus Address on Trinity Sunday on May 30th, 2010. He said this, The Divine Trinity takes up His abode in us on the day of our baptism. When we hear the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Every time we sign ourselves, in other words, every time we sign ourselves with the sign of the cross, we remember God's name in which we were baptized. Right, before I go further on, on, the, on Pope Benedict, Benedict's comment, let's talk a little bit about the sign of the cross. Because I mentioned this at the beginning. The sign of the cross, obviously we start every Mass with it. We end every Mass with it. We used to sign ourselves when we had holy water at the entrance of the church, and hopefully the holy water comes back soon. Because why do we do that at the entrance? Pope, Fran excuse me, Pope Benedict mentions this. We do that to recall our baptism. We do that to recall that we, like St. Paul said to the Romans, we have, be we have a spirit of adoption. We, have we are children of God by baptism. So, on the day of our baptism, we heard those words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And every time we sign ourselves, we remember God's name in which we were baptized. So when we do the sign of the cross, so many times we do it haphazardly, especially, I know it happens to me, and I'll confess it, I, I, I've done it a few times, that when we sit down in a restaurant, kind of like we don't want to bring attention to ourselves, and so we kind of do the sign of the cross in a hurry. So it's like nobody knows around us that I'm a Christian. So nobody thinks that I'm a lunatic praying in, praying in a restaurant. You know what? Let the world think you're a lunatic. Who cares what they think? What's important is, and I say this every, every day when I go to bed, it's not what, you know, somebody, what, what somebody else thinks of me. It's not what this person, it's what God thinks of me. It's what God is pleased with. And so it pleases God when you're with your family at a McDonald's or at an Applebee's or wherever. I'm, these are not paid sponsors of our podcast. If they want to be, please give us a call. But when we sit down as a family, do the sign of the cross. Pray as a family, especially when you're in public. It's very easy to do it when we're at home. But even at home, now we get to the big stuff. But even at home, it becomes a problem. You know, the food's going to get cold. Yeah, it takes, what, 15, 20 seconds to say, Bless us, O Lord, and these I gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
to do the sign of the cross? To, call, to give thanks to God for the gifts that we have received. We say it right before, again, to go back to that presentation of the gifts. The priest, while we're singing the Mass, the priest is saying, Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands will become for us the bread of life. These are Jewish, ancient Jewish prayers of blessing. Asking God, thanking God. First of all, asking God to bless us, but thanking God for the blessings He has bestowed upon us. And so when we have the fruit of the earth in front of us to eat, it is only right and just that we take the time to carefully do the sign of the cross. Because, you know, you see little children, and that's fine, because one of the first things our mothers, our fathers teach us how to do, our grandmothers, grandfathers, they take our hand and they, they trace the sign of the cross over us. Or they bless us with the sign of the cross on our foreheads. Parents, this is something you did at the beginning of the baptism of your children. Never cease blessing your children. Godparents, never cease blessing your godchildren. I see my godchildren, I bless them when they allow me. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. When they allow me, sometimes they run away. But, you know, never cease that. I am a priest, I am 45 years old, and my mother still blesses me when I walk in through her doorway, when I spend the night at home, she blesses me before I go to bed. And she also asks me for my blessing because I'm a priest. And I'm 45 years old. And I'll look at Father Manny, Mama's boy. No, because you know what? I know that one day, you know, and I shudder to think that one day God will call my mother home and she longs for that day. You know, just like St. Teresa of Avila. You know, she longs that day to encounter the Lord, but she knows that she still has work to do here on earth. But I know that one day that blessing will no longer be there. You know, so I embrace that blessing. Pope Francis said, you know, one time in a, in a homily of baptism, you know, actually it wasn't a homily of baptism, but I mentioned this a lot in my baptismal homilies. When you bless your children, it is as if Christ himself was blessing them with the sign of the cross on their foreheads. But when, you when they learn how to do the sign of the cross for real, yeah, the kids do it haphazardly sometimes. And that's fine. I rejoice in that. At least they're attempting and then finally they do it and very carefully, when, I, when they come to First Communion, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, they do it so carefully, so beautifully, so reverentially. And so, I think I just made up a word. Reverently is the word. But, when we do it, do it with reverence. Do it with the same care. Don't do it haphazardly. And so, Pope Benedict, back in 2010, was mentioning that the sign of the cross would recall God's name. Then, recall, and then he mentions, you know, a theologian named Romano Guardini. He said, this great theologian, when he, he, in regard to the sign of the cross, said this. We do this, you know, the sign of the cross. We do it before prayer so that we put ourselves spiritually in order. Focus thoughts, heart, and will on God after praying, so that what God has given us many, may remain with us. It embraces the whole being, body and soul, and everything is consecrated in the name of the triune God. So this is the, the, the great theologian Romano Guardini. We do it before prayer, so we could put ourselves spiritually in order. You know what? I need to put the world aside so I could pray, so let me put the world aside 
and invoke the name of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we could put it in order. So we could focus our thoughts, hearts, and will on God. And then, when we come to the end of our prayer, so whatever we received in prayer, whatever graces we received, whatever epiphanies we may have received during that prayer, may remain with us, we end with the sign of the cross in the name of the Trinity. And then by invoking the Trinity embraces the whole being, body, and soul, and everything is consecrated in the name of the triune God. So don't sweat it if you can't grasp the immensity of the Trinity. Don't sweat it. Live it. Like that drop of water, dive deep into this relationship of love that is Father, Son, and Spirit. This unity of love that is Father, Son, and Spirit. And that last word, unity. So important. Because we are called, when we are drawn into God, we are drawn into the unity of the Holy Trinity. And because we're drawn into the unity of the Holy Trinity, we're called to be united in God, as a people that are his children, we are called to be one. Jesus is always talking about that. Jesus is always talking about that in the gospel. Let them be one. It's his prayer in John 17. Father, let them be one as you and I are one. That's his prayer for, for us. That was the prayer of the Second Vatican Council. It unum sin. Let them be one. May they be one. And so Jesus, in the gospel on Sunday, gave us that great commission. Sends the disciples out. The disciples are still a little fearful. But Jesus gives us those reassuring words. The end of the Gospel of Matthew. end of the Gospel on Sunday. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Let us recall that always. That our God is always with us. Let us be that drop of water. That falls into the chalice, into that, all that wine. And let us be embraced by the divinity of our God who wants us, though human, to participate in His divine life. Stop the music! Stop the music! Stop the music! Okay, that's a guy from Coming to America, though. From the barbershop. Why are we listening to this? This is supposed to be played when we made it to the finals. This is going to be the saddest sports segment in our, hopefully, the saddest sports segment in I our entire podcast history. You did. It is Tuesday. I'm back. You, he's back. And uh, since Someone's we last, since we last spoke, let's go through the rundown here. Oh dear God, here we go. Since we last spoke, the Panthers have been eliminated. The Heat have been humiliated. The Marlins have uh, have we've seen this in basic, person. Have have basically just rebranded themselves as what are what is the AAA the Jacksonville the Jumbo Jacksonville Shrimp. Jumbo Shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inter Miami finally got a full crowd at home, and uh, and that didn't help them in any. They got fined two and a half million. They got fined. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's the end of the sports. That's segment. a great week, huh? Thanks for joining us, and uh, <laughs> that's it, dude. Um, yeah, this was this was bad. The the heat obviously we didn't talk much heat we were focused on the Panthers because we were like okay we have plenty of time to talk to the, about sure. the heat during the playoffs 
I mean, they're going to make a long run like they did last year. They'll get it together. Uh, they lose their first game in overtime, and which they should have won. And then uh, got, you know, clobbered the next three games. I mean, the second, the fourth game, I really didn't count. That time, you know, you're, you're, you're the die is cast. You're done. They put up a fight, uh, but... They got they got run out of the building and the, and and they also had a big crowd seventeen thousand in the arena and I remember watching that third game okay the crowd's gonna get into they couldn't buy a shot now I'm not gonna make any excuses for them this is a team that played into October just like the Lakers and you know had to, had quick turnaround they started the season in December and I'm thinking are they tired yep. and I mean when you're not making jump shots your legs are tired so. Uh, the Heat go into the offseason and we're waiting for the, waiting for the, for the, we're waiting for the, for the, for the, for the press conference of the Godfather, you know, when Pat Riley comes out and gives us end of the year podcast and I'm doing my best Brando impression, which, and it's, it's been a, it's been a fun weekend. <laughs> Anyways, um, and he has a lot of decisions to make because here are the players under contract. Ready, George? Here we go. Jimmy Butler, Bama DeBio, Tyler Hero, Precious Achua, and Casey Akpala are your players under contract. We have team options on Goran Dragic, Andre Guadala, and some guy I've never heard of. And your free, the restricted free agents are Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, so they'll probably get offers from other people and we have to match them. Oh, please don't do a Tyler Johnson. My God, that was disastrous. And then Victor Oladipo, who played all of four games after getting him on the trade line. Yeah, there you go. Four That's games. That's a great pickup. I mean, Trevor Reza, UD, probably come back. Uh, and the rest are just, you know, G League players that have been around here, and and we'll see where they go. But uh, yeah, Pat's got some work to do, and but we and Pat we trust, and uh, I think that they need rest for sure. That's just me. Okay, the Panthers. Uh, we don't like Tampa Bay. Never I mean, have, never will. Yeah, it's just it was just it was just bad. Game six, I thought that they were they did everything right in game six except for one crucial thing: the put score. the puck. Well, you know, in the back of the net, you and know. they had those tippins. It was, it was right there. It, it was, it, they were there. One of those it, games. Yeah, it was one of those games. We did that a lot. Uh, I don't but how how awesome is the handshake line? The handshake line in, in that, all of sports. That, I mean, you 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 try to kill each other in this in this series for six games. No, and, for, and then for seven, really for eight games because they played two before the series right. started, and I was really brutal. For those of you who don't know, it's a great tradition in National Hockey League that after a series is over, the and t- both teams and their coaches line up at center ice and they shake hands. And it's not like, you know, in football, you know, shake hands with the guys that's next to you and you can walk off, off the field or off the court and in basketball. No, this is like everybody, you know, people you've been punching in the face for six games. And it is a great sportsman, uh, sportsmanship tradition in the National Hockey League. Inner Miami, I sat down on Saturday after doing, I don't know, a million weddings this weekend. Something like that. It was a lot of weddings it's this a good, weekend. A good problem to have. Yeah, it was a great problem to have. And I sat down to watch Inner Miami. After, uh, you know, after a long day and, you know, was excited, sat down. Father Stephen was pumped because his team, Chelsea, had won the Champions League. So he sat down with me. Uh, They were full capacity crowd at, I think it's called Dry Pink Stadium. Something like that. D-R-V-P-N-K Stadium. And uh, they scored, uh, D.C. United scored two goals within 20 minutes. And then I came here to the office. (laughs) I came here to the office to work. And that's what I did, and we'll not get we will not get into the work that I did on Saturday night. I'm just I'm just gonna say I picked a really good week to go on vacation <laughs> and turn off all of that and not have to pay attention to, to any of what was going on. Yes, 
And then uh, they get fined for doing it, and I, and I texted you, and you didn't answer. You were probably asleep. I'm like, why should I pay attention to this team? They don't even play in my area code. Why? And the last thing, because it's, it's something that we both witnessed last week, the Marlins. The Marlins, uh, you, I mean, you, go to, you talk. Oh, know. man, the Marlins. The, what's our injured list up to now? I don't know, but I think I'm on it. it you know, I mean, that's how deep yeah, it and, is. And you get one back and you lose two two more. So it, it's, thankfully, the, the rest of the NL East is terrible, too. Yes, we're not in so last we're, place. We're four games under, but only four games back, which is man, five games back, which is manageable. Right. So just so you know, Jorge and I had a meeting at the same. We did have a meeting at the stadium because of something we're going to announce, hopefully, uh, next week's podcast or the week after that. If not, it'll be announced in the parish, uh, an event we're planning at the stadium in July, we hope. And so we had a meeting at the stadium, and so we were there. It was a matinee. We took in the game. And so we were there, and it was a wonderfully played baseball game between the Phillies and the Marlins, which is not always the case between those two teams who are tragically... I mean, we're... We have injuries that Phillies are just tragically underachieving. They got swept by yeah. the Rays this weekend, but who hasn't? Um, so we were there, watched a great game. Miggy, Miggy Rowe, Miguel Rojas made a spectacular play at short to nail somebody. And then, what, an inning or two innings later, he gets picked, picked off of first. Again. Trailing runner. The trail, the trail runner, yep. And, and what would have been the go-ahead would have been the goal, the and go he ahead gets run. picked off. And, and then, he would have scored in that inning the way yes. things transpired. And so he just would have, made it all worse. And we would have won the game. And he, what did he dislocate? Dislocated a finger, and, and oh. he's out for... Now, what's Duvall's situation? Because, you know, we were there, we gave, I gave, we gave him the business, as we usually do. And not the bu- let, let us preface, not like the business that NBA fans have been giving <laughs> players around the league the last... Which he smoked a, that first pit, that first smoke, ball. He did smoke Off it. the top of the wall and, and a double and got stranded. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who, who isn't getting stranded right now? Everybody, everybody's getting stranded by the... I mean, the running in scoring position average is low. Uh, so Duvall, uh, Chisholm didn't... They didn't play him this weekend in Boston because it was rainy. They didn't want to, they didn't want to risk it. We didn't see Chisholm on, on Thursday. Uh, everybody's there and we're looking at it. My father's texting me and goes, this guy's got to go. They got to send this guy back down. I go, yeah, well, who do you bring up? Because like, you know. But hey, we got to see our our starting catcher play a little bit of left field. Jorge Alfaro. That's the state of our team right now. Because of the injuries, we <laughs> we're we're sitting there and we're sitting along the left field line, and all of a sudden we see this huge behemoth of a man walking out towards left field, and who is it? But Jorge Alfaro. I took a picture from austerity. I mean, he's walking out there to play left field. I go, what is going on? And the ball didn't find him. I no, was, thank. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I'm like, please keep the ball on the infield. Please get. And they did it. The ball did not. Usually, it's like, listen. I was a kid. You know, I loved baseball, but I was deathly afraid of the ball when I was a kid. So I, I really did not start playing baseball or you know really playing catch well with my father until it was my late teens. Yeah. You know, then into seminary we would play softball quite regularly. But I would always go out into deep right field to avoid the ball, and the ball would always always find you. Find you. Always find you. And uh, it just so happens, and that's something that happens in baseball. So, yeah, the Marlins are a mess. Uh, so are my Yankees. Oh, uh, yeah, my, I know. my heart's broken. I mean, we're playing the Red Sox for the first. It's it's you know it's June, and we have not played the Red Sox yet. Wow. And the Yankees, because Tampa Bay does not lose, are they were a half game out when we recorded the podcast last week. I think they've only won one game in the last week. They got swept by the Detroit Tigers, that powerhouse of a team. Name one player on the Tigers. Come on. 
Miggy. Thank you. I mean, how could you Be, not name one? Beyond that. Yeah, that's it. I'm just saying. Miggy, Miggy Cabrera. And so, they're four games over 500, but five and a half back because Tampa will not lose. Tampa is... Has only lost one game in the last ten in the last ten games. Uh, what's with Tampa? Tampa's annoying me. They just got to move already. All the teams. Maybe they'll be a little more tolerable if, oh if they goodness. don't live and, and play in Tampa. And I don't. I, Boston. <laughs> I mean, they, we had we, we had the game on. They shouldn't have played the game on Sat on Friday or Saturday. One of those two games. It was raining the entire game, and they didn't bother playing on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday. What was going on in the Northeast with the weather this weekend? It was a lot awful. of cancellations. Yeah, and so. We play Toronto tonight. Uh, I look forward to seeing it. In Buffalo. In Buffalo, yeah, no. They went to Niagara Falls yesterday. That's Kinda, fun. I, I, no, I, love, I, I love going out on uh, Made of the Mist. Did you go on the Made of the Mist? I did. I went to Niagara Falls uh, with Coach Philbin's wife and uh, one of the pe- and one of the execs of uh, the Dolphins. Went our, my first road trip to Buffalo. And was it, it's, listen, if you've never been to Niagara Falls, highly recommended. Did not go down on the Made of the Mist because... It was late November, and the Maid of the Mist oh, does not tra- does not work in it because it's it was it actually was cold. A, no, it was actually <laughs> a very balmy forty degrees. You know, it was no clouds in the sky. It was nice. The evening it was miserable. The game was but you got to cross to Canada. The, but there's the thing, no that, view like that's the thing. Like I, the Canada I side. couldn't cross to Canada. I I've never been in Canada. Saw it literally right right there, but I couldn't see it. So the Marlins, uh, I'm glad they spent their off day, you know, working on the fundamentals of balance when you're on the main There the you mist. go. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a long summer. So listen, we are, uh, we're, uh, we're going to invent things because we, we teased last week that we could, Jorge and I could probably break down, you know, 90s bullpen uh, pitchers for the Marlins and probably go into some depth of things they did that annoyed us. You know or, who I want to talk about at some point? What? Heath Bell. Oh, man, why do you have to go there? I have to go there. Opening year of Marlins Park. Yeah, Heath Bell. I, I think, no, I, we'll talk about that another day, but... <laughs> talk about a tease, right? Yeah, that's a major tease. <laughs> we just the, lost every Marlins fan. The, it's the, like, they're going to talk about him? Nah, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> the thesis of that is, my thesis on that on that dissertation is this. Those blown saves cost us having a very good team. Absolutely. Because, just because... We'll, we'll, we'll get, get in, We'll, we'll get, get into there. that. So... A lot of things happened this week, and you just heard uh, my solo, uh, flying solo. Hom- Basically, it was a homily, what I preached. Hey, good job on that. Thank you very much. My parents enjoyed it. I sent it to them when they were driving down. My father, my father, God bless him, did an Ignatian retreat, comes out of retreat, and kind of like Simon Peter after the resurrection goes, I'm going fishing. My father tells my mother when he gets back home, I want to go to the Keys. Just basically saying, I'm going fishing. Nice. So they're... They're down there right now. I sent them the the it was a twenty what twenty something about twenty minute, minutes yeah. twenty minute blurb uh, the the MP3 that I made. I sent it. But I was proud of you. Got in here. You 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 I, knew how to work the equipment. You knew how to export it properly. It's good I job. Mean, it was probably my only good technical achievement <laughs> of the weekend, bulletins notwithstanding. But uh, so yeah, if you're listening to the parish again, we once again apologize for the bulletin fiasco this weekend. We didn't get them. Father Manny had to print them at the last minute. That the font was like you know three point size. Oh boy! I mean, when Father Manny needs help looking at it, because the old ladies were all put a seat that they were all like, "Father, what's with that?" Go listen. I put that together in five minutes. Leave me alone. But uh, God bless them. So many things to talk about this summer, but we'll get to them. Uh, it is the month of the Sacred Heart. Now we're in. It's the first first of June. Sacred Heart is a week from Friday, if I'm not mistaken, from this Friday. So we'll concentrate on that. And now. Uh, let us 
go to prayer as we finish this Memorial Day weekend. Well, we've already finished the Memorial Day weekend, and some of you are probably in, uh, right now in the car, tired, and you're like, ah, oh, one more day. But let's do a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Let us now do a prayer to end this Memorial Day weekend as we continue to remember and honor those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. God of power and mercy, you destroy war and put down earthly pride. Banish violence from our midst and wipe away our tears. And we may all deserve to be called your sons and daughters. Keep in your mercy those men and women who have died in the cause of freedom and bring them safely into your kingdom of justice and peace. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed rest in the peace of Christ. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you this week in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.